Blog Talk Radio. G's on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody else in the boxing world from here and around the world, welcome to the Outsiders of Boxing Podcast. I am your host, R.C. I would um, like to start off the show a little bit differently than we normally do, getting straight into the events of what's going on in the world of boxing. But I can't do that without giving a shout-out to the great state of Texas and everybody involved, losing friends, family, belongings, all that due to the tropical storm known as Hurricane Harvey. Ridiculous floods from the news wave, photos out there, nursing homes, things that just upset me from the very jump, watching how things could be so crazy. Mother Nature is a very, very scary woman. And us, at the end of the day, unity, equality, we are all one on this on this planet where you never know what could happen. Me being from the state of Florida, we deal with hurricanes quite often. Now here in California earthquakes, things like that. You just never know what's going to happen. Um, one thing that I had to check in on yesterday was giving a call to my man, Willa, because I've seen these photos and videos of things like that with the hurricane involved and the flood and so much rain that's just been consistently nonstop to those out there. Um, Carmen Vargas, woman boxer I mentioned before out in Houston and um, just seeing these things on the gram or on snap and you know I I, I worry for my friends and family all times at times people would think of me being so um, self-considerate and whatnot but I you know, I really do care about my friends more than anything, and it's just like I, I had to check in on my guy and make sure he's all good, man, because, you know, that stuff that's going on out there, it's um, it's ugly, man. And uh, we can only hope for progression and, and for things to get better. You know, you see the before and after photos of certain areas out there, and, uh, I mean, you know, we've, we've uh, seen things like that with Hurricane Katrina, and it's just, it's just something you don't want. You you would never wish on your enemy. And um, you know that it really hit me 
yesterday when uh, I, I've seen a few photos and and uh, when I w- stepped outside my uh, my home and realized, you know, what if I was dealing with that right now? We had to endure some of this pain that a lot of people were having to deal with out there because of this is not something that was man-made. This is a, a natural disaster. And, um, you know, I, I really do give uh, a lot of love out there to everybody that's involved with and um, a lot of prayers, hopes, and I, I really do hope people get through this and they can get back to their normal living as soon as possible. You know, and I mentioned my man Willa. He is out there in Houston, Texas as well. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad to hear from him and I'm glad to to, to bring him on this show today where we will be wrapping up the Mayweather-McGregor fight, the Kodo Kamagai fight, and talk about what's next to come. But, um, you know, boxing is a secondary at this point in time because where my man's at, it really does hit to the heart. So, you know, tag team champions, all that stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, equality and friends, man. So, uh Let's take it to my man coming from Houston, Texas. My man D. Willow Wilson, aka Willow the King. You know who he is. My man, what's going on, D. Willow? How you feeling out there, my man? I I hope everything's all good, and I hope that you know you guys um, got a, a um a game plan, so to speak, for what for everything you're having to deal with out there. What's going on, my man? Oh man, hey, appreciate it, RC. Very touching, man. You, that was very touching, man. You, you, that was sweet, nigga. That was good, man. Um, we all right, man. We out here. Shit, it's crazy out here. It's a lot of, just a lot of rain, man, and people are losing everything. Not, not, not necessarily their lives, but just their lives. You know what I'm saying? Just losing everything, but it's material stuff. Hopefully, everybody can get through it. We're luckily, we're all right right now. But the little lake we got in front of the house. It's flooded to the it's flooded to the brim, so it's in the streets right now. So, you know, we could be next, man. So, <clears throat> y'all just say a prayer for everybody out there. A lot of people losing a lot of things, man. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, just say a prayer for us, man. But I think we'll be all right. We got a plan. The plan is if it if it gets too crazy, we just gonna walk out and try to uh, try to make it happen. Man, I was gonna say. I, I know, appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate that. See, yeah. Oh man, you know it's it's one love, man. You know, shit. If we're dealing with something over here, regardless of if anybody's dealing with anything like that, you know, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, we hope everybody's all good, man. So with that going on, you know, I've seen, like you mentioned, the getting flooded out, and um, some people uh, have a little bit of fun with it, uh, crazy white boys and shit with the, you know little boats and stuff like that or stuff that you would go fishing in yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, the internet is crazy, man. Have you seen any stuff yeah, like no, that? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, they're doing that, but that's in the that's in the neighborhoods that ain't flooded out, you know. So it's all fun and games. Like in my neighborhood, there's oh, people out yeah. there that it's all fun and games now. But if, once that water starts hitting the house, people, you know, they're going to take it a little more seriously, man. So 
You oh, know, yeah. and the crazy thing is, people weren't taking it seriously because the the hurricane came on like maybe Friday, and it only hit one side of Houston. So everybody on the other side, you know, they thought they were good. A lot of people were like, oh, the hurricane ain't shit. Like you know, people talking, they weren't really prepared. And then right, last right. night, man, it it started raining so hard, and it's just like you know, they say flash floods. I'm talking about flash floods. I my dumbass, I I tried to yeah. catch the fight. One of my boys had it. I rode out there um, to catch the fight. Uh, I saw the first fight, uh, the cutting. I saw the Cunningham fight, and then uh, before Badu Jack started, uh, my wife called me said, "Oh, they're in the, they're in the the closet. They're trying to make me feel bad." You know, it wasn't no tornadoes or nothing. But so I decided I was going to come home. That was a fucking mistake. Y'all almost. It, it was almost R.I.P. for your boy, dog. It was raining so hard. Shit was crazy, so I barely made it home, man, through the grace of God, like, for real, for real. So, uh, you know, we're just blessed out here, so I think we'll be all right. If I didn't die last night, I think uh, I think we should be good. God has a plan for the outsiders, though. He definitely is looking out for the outsiders. He made it home safe yesterday, my man. Hey, you know, uh, I gave you a call yesterday after the fight, and I know you probably could tell my voice was a little fucked up. Because I was in a a house of uh, I'd say fifty fifty, but the McGregor fans were a little loud, and uh, as UFC fans would usually be, and um, I just wanted to check in on you, man, because I knew like this whole thing that was going on, like you said, it hit Friday, and um, you know, uh, shit, man, I'm glad everything's okay though, my man, because you know anything could happen, and you know we never know when. It, a natural disaster yeah, it ain't stop raining it yet, is though, expected, bro. you know what I'm saying? It ain't yeah, I hope you got your rain boots on yet. out there, my man. Take them Jordans uh, off. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, no, nah, the Jordans are up. The Jordans are in the attic, though. We won't, <laughs> I will not be loose, though. <laughs> no, but, I hey, yeah, let's, get, hey, let's get to fucking boxing, though. Let's get to boxing. Let's cheer let's it up. Let's get to it, man, because, you know, um, yesterday was a win. Floyd Mayweather, win. but yesterday was a win for boxing win. and combat sports. And when you're talking about win, it was easy. Work. There was three judges, three judges. Two gave one round to Conor McGregor, and I don't know, the other guy must have been got a briefcase from Dana White because he gave Conor three rounds, the first three rounds, which it was a a lot of a lot of punches that Conor McGregor was throwing. There's a lot of sloppy. He looked like uh, Connor Malinaji in the ring, to be honest with you. Well, I was kind of wondering, where is all this power that everybody's been talking about? He hits like a truck. Where is all that? I've seen no snapping his punches whatsoever yesterday. And, I mean, talking about Floyd so little, his head's little, his hands are brittle. Man, you got barbecue chicken yesterday, McGregor. And he wants to talk about it was more of a fatigue issue. You know, man when you're getting punched out in boxing and you're not throwing any punches back and you're just going backwards the entire time and backwards, remember remember that word, Conor McGregor got pushed back by a 40-year-old man with two years of a layoff and he got backed up by that, the smaller guy at that, a smaller guy, 40 years old, with a two-year layoff, he was getting backed up by that's unacceptable from a 29-year-old guy in his prime who supposedly hits like a truck and has bricks in his hand. 
I didn't see no bricks. I've seen pillows in those gloves. They might have been 12-ounce gloves the way they were looking because Conor McGregor wasn't doing shit. And Dana White, I don't know how many insults I could throw at Dana White to solidify how I truly feel about this man because I really do look at him as one of the biggest scum on earth as far as a guy who profits probably 80% of fight purses and gives the fighters uh, the crumbs, which would be 20 to 15%, depending on what he's been doing recently with the sponsor deal and the Reebok deal for UFC. Dana White said that Conor McGregor's knuckles were sticking out of the eight-ounce gloves that they had given yesterday early in the day before the fight, obviously. What a joke. What a clown. It's just that business they're in. And he said he was proud of Conor, but he doesn't want him to box again. But I tell you, man, you know, um, look, I could shit on Conor McGregor and laugh at him for having photos getting the snot knocked out of him. But he did do one thing that was, uh, I wouldn't say impressive, uh, because like I said, the punches that he landed, supposedly landed, were a lot of pop shot and bullshit, just little rabbit punches, excuse me. Uh, it should have been rabbit punches, um. But the copy box number said he landed 110 punches on Mayweather, and Manny Pacquiao landed 81 on Mayweather. Now, one thing I really want to get off of is Robert Bird. Terrible job by Robert Bird yesterday, a referee who is well-respected. But, I mean, Conor would clinch and get behind Floyd like he was going to do a suplex in WWE and getting off punches on Floyd, whether it be to the body or to the head, and even throwing hammer fists at the back of Floyd Mayweather's head. Not one point was deducted. Robert Bird, what the fuck were you doing out there, man? I mean, (laughs) people want to say premature stoppage, but, yo, you were letting this man get away with a whole lot of bullshit, man. It really looked like he was going to try some Brock Lesnar shit when he was uh, clenched up with Floyd and just right behind him. Matter of fact, if you look it up on the internet, the internet stays undefeated. You will see a picture of uh, Connor behind Floyd, and you'll see a picture below with the the moment of the movie Titanic, where the dude's behind Rose and she got her arms spread out because it was. That's where Connor was at. He was so unorthodox in that ring yesterday. He looked like he had no clue what what he was doing. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why you got to keep your words soft and sweet because you might have to eat them. So much for Mystic Mac in a fourth-round knockout prediction alongside a second-round knockout prediction. That wasn't happening. Well, uh, we're not surprised, motherfuckers, like Nate Diaz said after beating Conor McGregor the first time. And we definitely are not surprised in the boxing world. How do you feel about this fight? Like, I don't think it's anything breaking news or anything like that. We kind of figured this was going to happen. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you did call a 10th-round stoppage. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, I called that 100% um, correctly. Um, you know, that's just my boxing knowledge over the years. I knew this guy was going right. to come in. McGregor did. You know, I'll give McGregor – a, a little bit of credit because you're right. He he looked like Polly Malignaggi out there. He was throwing. He sounded like Polly Malignaggi after after the fight, talking about it wasn't the skills. You know, Polly always got <laughs> got got an excuse. Yeah. Oh, it was the fatigue. You know, right around the tenth. You know, I don't know what it is. You know, 
he started to. <laughs> I think this guy, if you listen to him, he, he might he might be over on him. He might have got Ronda Rousey, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, as far as the fight, it went exactly how well. It went exactly how Floyd said it was going to go and how we said it was going to go. Um, we believed that Pretty Boy Floyd was coming out, but this wasn't even Pretty Boy Floyd. This was like Old Man Floyd. You know how, you know, Wolverine, they have a, a thing. Called, it's called Logan, and they also have Old Man Logan. And this is what this was. This was a guy yeah, yeah. who was still the monster. He was still the monster, but it, he, he ain't quite the same, but he can give punk what they asked for. And he gave Conor McGregor exactly what he asked for. He backed him up. I had him losing the first two rounds. Um, I may have gave Conor McGregor the fourth, maybe the fifth round. It was one of those rounds that was sort of close. You know, he was doing a little, because Floyd was just coming forward, you know, and people, people are trying to take that with some kind of whatever. Floyd wasn't fighting like Floyd. You know, they're like, oh, he, he got, he hit punched him more times than Manny Pacquiao. That's because Floyd was actually, um, um, had some respect for Manny Pacquiao's boxing and his power and his ability, so he was boxing. You know, Floyd was just coming straight forward like he told you he was. Um, I don't know if he got hurt. There was that one shot. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He acted like it was low, but it looked like he got hit in the, in the gut. He acted like it was low, but he recovered quickly and started whooping his ass. I think that was that might have been the eighth or the ninth uh, round. Um, like right at the beginning, Connor hit him with right, like right to the gut, and like yeah. he act like I thought it was over. Really, I thought he was about to go down, but I guess he was just acting like it was it was a low blow. He got burst to finally, you know, finally do something. Like you said, he was hitting him with hammer fists. He was going up behind him and punching him, and you know the the uh, the announcers were getting me so pissed off the way they were just like extra hyping Conor McGregor. But I guess that's what they had to do. You know, so they got me more probably excited because I'm like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? But he was going, you know, he yeah. was moving around him, acting like he wanted to hump him, uh, you know, hitting him behind the head. Like, it was crazy. It was what they were letting him get away with. So he had the little save moment. But right after that, Floyd started whooping his ass. And uh, it, it, it turned into easy work. Um, Floyd isn't isn't what he used to be. But we knew that was going to happen. Uh, call it, you know, UFC fans, they're used to some guy getting knocked out and then hit, smashed in the head two or three more times before the referee gets into it. This is a gentleman's sport where you're not throwing punches for a minute. You're just getting hit in the face. They're going to shut it down. It's 2007. We're not uh, – 2017, I'm sorry. We're not trying to see people get killed out here. So, you know, I don't want to hear about no early stoppage. There wasn't an early stoppage. If you wanna, if you don't want to get stopped, throw some punches. You weren't, you were out of there. You got beat by a forty-year-old small dude, and all that shit you're talking. <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, I think that's a wrap for him, man. Um, so yeah, that's how I saw the fight. Easy work, but it was pretty entertaining. Um, like I said, I barely made it home last night, but I made it home in time to see the end of the Davis fight and to, uh watch it, you know, had to drop that 99, and I'm not even really mad, I made it home safe, I dropped that 99.95, caught it with my wife and my son, and so we had, it was pretty good, I had a good time, the fight was very entertaining, all the fights were pretty entertaining from what I saw, I actually got to see all the fights, which is sort of weird, 
um, with that drive home. But I guess there was a big gap in between the Badu Jack and the Davis fight. Um, so, you know, they did a good job. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody no deserves the Jack fight hats was, off to McGregor. Uh, the Jack, yeah, yeah, hats off to McGregor. We, like, look, man, we could talk a lot of shit, but this guy came in game. And like I mentioned, I really do believe that he believed everything that he said. Like, the, you know, um, one thing I also want to give him credit for is when he had suffered uh, his L, first L in UFC, was the uh, – whenever he was questioned by anybody in the media, he was there to talk to him. He wasn't running away from media. He took his L like a man. And, you know, you, you can respect guys like that. So, you know, hats off to him. He came in there ready to fight. And uh, unfortunately for him, Floyd Mayweather took him to a dark place, and he did not have a flashlight. So, you know, he um, he suffered the, the world of boxing punishment. You want to know what this sport is like? You say you run this sport, or you're going to find out. You're going to find out what's really going on. So, um, you know, um, I, before we cover the end of the Davis fight, as, as you mentioned, I wanted to speak on that. Um, let's uh, take it to some of our callers we got. Well, let's see if what people got to say about this fight, because... Your analysis and my analysis, man, it's um, it's to the T. You called that fight 100% 10th round stoppage, and um, hey, I expected Floyd to to come out there and be pretty boy Floyd, but you're correct, he was old man Floyd, and it really did show last night, which did not did not surprise me where where uh, Jim Gray was saying, what if there's another 300 300 uh, million dollar fight out there somewhere, will you take it? No, he's going to sit on 50 cent and no. And Conor McGregor was, uh, you know, one thing I want to mention also was that a lot of boxing fans are shitting on this fight so bad. It's like, I get it, but at the same time, why not enjoy the spectacle? You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be like Oscar De La Hoya and tweeting stupid shit, like, in all caps, tweeting McGregor Mayweather, fuck you, you're disrespecting the sport of boxing. You fucking Mexican, you were all for it when <laughs> if Floyd wouldn't fight Conor McGregor, then, then Canelo would fight Conor McGregor because you said you said that, oh, it'd be two Irish guys fighting. Oh, wait, I mean, one of them looks Irish fighting. We know what time it is with you, Oscar De La Hoya. You're a fucking drug addict and you'd have too much to drink. And when you made as much money as Oscar De La Hoya, you don't only get the coke from the boat coming overseas, you get the boat with it. So Oscar De La Hoya needs to cut that shit out, man. You're a promoter. You need to fucking act like it and stop acting like a, a petty fan who was so mad at this shit just because it's happening before your September 16th date with the supremacy fight with the old man and, and Triple G who's got love handles and your boy Canelo. To cut the shit, man, that was something that really upset me because Oscar De La Hoya was all for Canelo versus McGregor if Floyd didn't accept the challenge. And I, yeah, man, it's just it's complete salt. So Oscar De La Hoya just needs to man the fuck up, Oscar De La Aram, because of the way he's been acting as a promoter. But yeah, man, let's let's get to these calls. Let's see what's going on with some of these folks, willing and and uh, we'll we'll put our thoughts, we'll put a, a little bit of uh, of flavoring on on the rebuttals that we have here. All right, cool, cool. Let's uh, take it by. Uh... First caller on the hold, uh, 561. 561, you're on the hold. What's popping? 
Everything's good, fam. Everything's good. You already know who this is anyway. Yes, my sir. man, what's, what's, what's going on? Right, everything's man. good, man. I'm about to get ready to put up these cameras in a bit, but I just wanted to stop by for a moment to talk about the fight. Um, Mayweather did his thing, but I was not impressed by the undercard because the undercard kind of stunk to me. And, you know, I felt that um, they did. Dave, Davis um, should have got disqualified for hitting the man in the back of the head and then pushing him down. That was some bullshit. And it's just, you know, McGregor, you know, shockingly, I thought that he was going to be out in one round, but he went 10 rounds, shockingly. I thought he was going to get laid out like um, Tim Sylvia got laid out when he fought Ray Mercer. I thought that was going to happen. But boy, was right, I wrong, right. but hey. Um, thank God I didn't have to pay because I, all the people that came to my career, they fight. Like, all I did was put down the food and that was it. All I'm focused on right now is the um, the Triple T and Canelo fight, which I'm going to be going to the series to watch that bad boy. There you go. There you go. Hey, you know, like, hey, man, you said, boy, were you wrong. I expected the same thing. I expected Conor McGregor to check out early. I expected a fourth round knockout six at the latest. So he did me four first better. round. Yeah, yeah, it happens, man. You know, Conor McGregor had talked to him. He was game, and you know, I I figured Floyd would use the first round to download everything that Conor was giving him because I figured Conor would be rushing him, and he came up forward quick. And you know, I had talked to the guy. He um he really he really didn't believe in himself. So um, yeah, in the back. Yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but that, the, what do you think about the, the, the referee job by Robert Burge? I mean, do you think there should have oh, been a point um, deducted way before oh, that 10th round? Um, Robert's so racist bird. That's why I call him, <laughs> racist Rob Bird. That's the most racist, racist referee in the um, boxing industry. There's a lot of times, I'm not going to lie, I'm not trying to be biased or nothing. Like, let's say if you're a skin, if there's two uh, Spanish guys fighting, if one's a little bit darker than the other one, He'll go after the one who's the lighter one and say, hey, no hitting below the belt when the buddy hit him below the belt. I was like, dude, that's a racist motherfucking referee. But I ain't gonna lie. He got so racist to a point where he um actually pushed um Floyd in the back after Floyd pushed um, uh, McGregor after, um I think, it was the fifth round, I believe. After yeah, the yeah belt. I remember that. And he gave him that racist push, you know, like the civil rights movement um, era push. <laughs> I was like, fuck, oh, man. man. I thought Mayweather, if Mayweather would have been like Adrian Broner, he would have probably turned around and hit him. But Mayweather kept his composure. He's like, man, I'm going to save it for McGregor. So it happens. Yeah, yeah I wonder if he gets fined for that. Hey, that was a push to the back. Something needs to happen for that, man. Hey, I don't know yeah, if you can get that away ref- with that. But. Yeah, that, ref- that referee is a freaking racist. I never liked him as a referee. <laughs> uh, the most racist I mean, guy in, on earth. The way the way I look at him throughout his career of ref- officiating fights is the way he looks at the when he's watching the fight, observing it, he's always like moving his hands together as if he's ready to collect money falling out of <laughs> their pockets. So I always look at him like a oh. pimp watching these two women fight, and he's ready to collect. Which one's Yo. going down? So I, I mean, he's always been funny style to me. So like, you know, when he did that yesterday, shoving Mayweather the way he did after that fifth round or whatever it was, yeah, it was definitely noticeable. And Floyd, like, hey, come on, man, 
But you ain't calling shit for this guy hitting me in the back of the head and throwing hammer fists, but you're going to push me just for throwing <laughs> a borderline late shot? Come on now. <laughs> there was at least there was at least ten, ten to twelve hammer fists thrown, and at least five what? punches when he when he goes to the back of him and throw and was hitting him in the stomach and in the back of the head. Like he was sort of he was letting stuff slide like straight up, you know. Then he pushed Floyd, but he like I said he gave him a little way out. Floyd did catch that gut punch. I don't really care what nobody says. That was a gut punch, Floyd. I think if if Mayweather uh, McGregor was any good, Floyd was hurt. Boy, it was hurt. Now, since um, gaming companies be talking about shit that they shouldn't be making up, they don't want to make a boxing game and they want to focus on UFC. After this fight, they don't have no excuse not to make a boxing game because we definitely do need a boxing game because of this. You know what I'm saying? We haven't had a boxing game since Fight Night Champions, so I know it's a little bit off subject, but I'm just saying. Oh no, no, boxing is more profitable than MMA, hands guys. down. I feel you. I've been one of those guys on Twitter. EA Sports, stop fucking around with bullshit. Y'all already got murked by 2K for basketball. You don't have baseball yeah. no more. Bring back Fight Night, man. I've been on that. You, if you look up Twitter, bring back Fight Night, you'll see a whole lot of shit. And uh, shout out to Derek Carr, quarterback of the Oakland Raiders. Oh, and uh, he was one of the main man, and my main man Poetic. He he's the one who started off that campaign with the Where's my Where's our boxing game or Where's my boxing game. That hashtag, oh, word? Okay. y'all got to follow that okay. dude right there because that guy right there, Poetic, he used to spar with Shannon Briggs. He used to spar with Ray Mercer, Bobby Check, a whole shitload of fighters. That guy right there, Yo. you know, he was like golden gloves and diamond gloves and jersey. He's a cool dude, man. You guys got to check him out. Yo, respect. I'm going to you. It out. I'm gonna have to check it out right now on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to you on that. Like, yo, we need somebody like that. We need big names that are out there because EA Sports, whatever those clowns are doing, it's going to be a little bit different. But, um, hey, you know, uh, let, let, let's let's get to that shit, man, because fight night, it was a little bit off subject. But, fuck, man, with the way this fight happened yesterday, if they're just focusing on UFC, why not make a joint game? Might as well, you know. Hey, that's a childhood memory that was coming out. So, uh, you know, shout out for that. I definitely feel that. So, um but, yo, ETF, man, I appreciate it, man. It's always good hearing from you, my man. Um, dropping the knowledge like you mentioned right now with some of the names that this man sparred with. And, shit, man, it was um, one of those fights yesterday where it just seemed so odd, man. Um, y- you know, it was something special, though. I can't lie. You know, that's why when the, when the fight started, I was like, this is just so weird, you know, watching Connor come out. But at the same time, uh, Will have mentioned that gut punch that, that hurt Floyd. And at the same time, uh, Connor landed an uppercut on Floyd in the early rounds, which is uh, probably the second round, I believe. That's just a ring rust Floyd Mayweather coming in to fight a guy that he should easily be able to pick off at, at will. And um, for him just to catch an uppercut, a counter shot at that, I mean, hey, it was old man Floyd yesterday. It wasn't pretty boy Floyd. And I don't want to see Floyd Mayweather try to get in the ring with a guy like Canelo right now who's season as fuck might be better than he was the first fight who knows how it goes but um man hey i appreciate it etf hope everything's good out there in florida man hey king kong coming for the top dogs remember that shit me and you were the, were the only ones riding for king kong coming through so uh good to hear from you fam man because we deal with hurricanes over there oh yeah oh yeah you know what it is, yeah. my man. You know, 
Yeah, the Hurricanes, man, you know, it's it sucks, man, because I remember when we got hit by um, Andrew and Katrina. That shit sucked, and Wilma as well. We was without power for two weeks. Mother Nature, man. Mother Nature is a fucking... Yeah. It's an ugly bitch, man, especially to my people. Like I mentioned out there earlier at the top of the show, like, it's, uh, it, it's acts of God, man. You just never know when that type of shit happens, but, you know, shout-outs and prayers to everybody, like we mentioned beforehand, to everybody Yeah, praise out it, to everybody you know. in Texas, man. I love y'all over there. Appreciate it. All right, my man, ETF. Uh, uh, keep keep on keep on with this, man. We're going to go over some shit right now. I think uh, um, I think Janelle is on the line over here. Let's see what he's got to say. Uh, Will, is Janelle still on the line? He was uh, inboxing me right now, uh, checking where, what's up with the ambassador of the cell block. Yo, 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 Janelle. Janelle, Janelle, what's going on, man? Hold on, there's another one. Let's try this one. Hello, Yemi? Yo, yo, Janelle, Janelle. What's up, man? Hello. The cell block. What's good, my man? Hello, Yemi? Yes, sir. We hear you loud and clear. Okay, okay, okay. Nah. As far as saying about that low, I mean, that punch that actually hurt Floyd, I don't think Floyd was hurt. I think it was actually a bit low, and Floyd was trying to reenact it to try to uh, uh, give kind of a warning or whatever. I don't think it was actually a shot that actually wobbled him. If you watch how he, when he first hit him, he actually first, like, clinched his groin area, and then he went down. But if he was really hurt, I mean, he would have really, I mean, um, he would have uh, had the effects. So I think Conor McGregor is a, is a very overrated puncher. I say it all the time. I mean, I fight professional MMA. I sparred with guys like Matt Hamill, King Molo. I sparred with like, 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 like a lot of guys in MMA who are well-known. And most MMA fighters cannot take a punch. They don't punch properly, nor can they take a punch. And, and you saw last night that Conor McGregor is not a devastating puncher. I mean, that fight was like watching a Rocky Four with Rocky versus Dragon, literally, because Conor was that much bigger than Floyd. But, but his punches were, like, weak as hell. I mean, everybody, I mean on – on the internet to all the MMA guys, oh my God, he went ten rounds and he gave Floyd hell. I'm like, oh, 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 he hit Floyd more than Pacquiao did, but yeah, Floyd was cautious of Pacquiao's power. He wasn't cautious at all of McGregor. McGregor was not landing significant, and those punches were just like, those are bull. I mean, those are bullshit punches. Those punches were not effective. If they were, Floyd would have been more cautious. I think Floyd, um, Floyd, he, he stayed in the pocket against a bigger guy. He walked him down, a guy that knew he didn't have anything, and and kind of played like right into Floyd's hands also, because you know what I'm saying. Floyd knew he was going to gas himself out, and this is why he just walked him down the way he did and gas him out, and then went for knockout. I mean, I do want to see Floyd retire. I think Floyd still beats Canelo. You know, what I mean, I think he still beats Canelo. That's me. Perfect. But as far as like guys like Thurman and and Spence Jr., those guys, um, that day is over for Floyd. Floyd. I said after the Pacquiao fight, Floyd did not pull the trigger the way he once did. And even last night, he didn't pull the trigger uh, uh, that well. But I think it was all scripted also. Not the fight itself, but the whole event itself was scripted. I guarantee you're going to see pictures uh, circulating soon with uh, Conor McGregor last night. He was at Floyd's strip club. I guarantee that's what happened after the fight. And they partied night away, and they uh, took pictures with their fat checks together. I guarantee you that. And you will see it, and you will see it sometime this week. I guarantee that's what happened last night. It was just, it was a money fight, man. 
But on the same note, I want to say something about Conor McGregor and, 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 and the UFC. I think Dana White's going to really regret letting that fight happen. Because uh, you got to think about it. Conor McGregor in this one fight, he got he got more money than every UFC fighter combined made throughout their whole career. In other words, Conor McGregor's going to feel yeah. like he's, he's bigger than the UFC. He's I mean, As he mentioned after he beat Alvarez, he felt like, um, I deserve a stake in the company. I'm selling out, and I'm and I'm the showstopper. I'm the main event or whatever. And he's going to feel like he's bigger than the UFC. He's going to want more money, and Dana White's not going to give it to him. And I guarantee he creates his own his – own, um, he's going to invest that money he made last night. He's going to create his own, um, his own company, and they will rival the UFC. Just mark those words because you heard it from me first. I guarantee he's going to bring a lot of those European fighters, upcoming European fighters over on his promotion, and they're going to rival the UFC. Just mark those words because Conor McGregor – can promote a company better than Dana White. I mean, he, I mean, he has to have a good advisor, of course. Cause I doubt he really knows the whole business side of it. But right. I'm quite sure he will have some kind of a, 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 um advisor who will guide him properly. I won't be surprised if if fucking Al Heyman and him are good friends after this fight. I guarantee. Last night, man, they were all hanging out together. I guarantee you. And Conor McGregor will rival the UFC. I guarantee that's gonna happen if Dana White uh, don't give him a stake in the company, which is not gonna happen. I guarantee you, Dana White will regret letting Conor McGregor fight Floyd. He, I mean, he's his ego right now is bigger than the Empire State Building. I don't care. And the, and the fact that oh, I went ten rounds with Floyd Mayweather, even though we all knew that Floyd. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm saying Floyd one is not the way he was, and two, he played right into Floyd's hands. Who's a defensive fighter? Janelle, Janelle, do you remember Dana White before? Like when all the rumbling was going on about this fight possibly happening in the early beginning. And Dana White was saying, here's a real offer, Floyd. He offered Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather $25 million each. How much do you think both these guys made yesterday? And that just oh, goes shit. to show about the ego of Dana White. I mean, Dana White, you got, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about Dana White. I mean, oh, the good and the bad side, as far as the way he, 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 uh, he underpays his fighters, which is smart. He underpays them one. I mean, I mean, they have a UFC fighter and make probably like fucking 20, 30 grand a fight. I mean, Anderson Silva, when he fought Chris Weidman, he only made a half a million. I mean, guys are not really that paid in the UFC, but he, he underpays them. He gives them bonuses for knockouts. In other words, I mean, when you're fucking starving, you don't got that much money. I'm mean, compared to other athletes, that's fucking table scraps what they make. It's like T.O. used to get fined oh, like yeah. 10 grand for a fucking taunt. He could fight 10 grand for a taunt, and, I, and he didn't even give a shit. <laughs> if that happens in the UFC, those guys are fucking uh, go bananas and shit. But he underpays them. Because he keep, you know what I'm saying, and and they get bonuses for knockouts. So in other words, they're more hungrier. And this is why a lot of UFC fights, I'm mean, guys throw it all on the line when they get in the cage because they don't they don't really have shit as this. So of course, they're going for that bonus. And and that's the good side of it. But the bad side is like guys are not getting that paid. It's like guys go are going to Bellator and, and they talking about how they are making more money in Bellator than they made in the UFC. Who's a bigger brand? And Bellator has to take care of the fighters a lot more. I mean, they pay for the fucking hospital shit and all that shit. His guys get severely hurt. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's good and bad sides to it, but a lot of guys are turning their backs on Dana White. You know what I'm saying? But, but hey, I guarantee you, Conor McGregor will, he will promote a brand bigger than Dana, better than Dana White because, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's very loquacious as far as his, he puts his words together very well. And the guy can sell, man. You could, I, mean, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, look how he sold the fight last night. He actually sold that fight, not Floyd Mayweather. He sold that fight last night. You know, I mean, he had people really believing that he was going to get Floyd problems and, and really knock Floyd out, even though we, you know what I'm saying, 
the guy had no punching power, really. He had no punching power at all in my eyes. Zero. Zero. His his punches were terrible. I said it. I, I, I told guys over and over, man. I mean, I mean, Floyd fought guys who punches way harder than Conor. I said Madonna hits harder than Conor McGregor. You know what I'm saying? Way harder. It's, it's like a lot of UFC fighters don't even punch properly. A lot of those guys don't. And nor can they even take a punch. I mean, MMA is more of a grappling. It's more grappling than anything. It's more grappling. It's just, it, it's really grappling. Oh, yeah. You know Connor I mean? was doing a lot of grappling yesterday. People thought that Floyd was the guy oh, who was going to be oh, backing up and holding. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's another thing. It was times when Floyd had a – I mean, Floyd could have probably knocked him out early, actually. But Connor McGregor, he just started clinching quick. He was shooting for a clinch as if he going for a takedown. Same way he did like when Nate Diaz was hurting him in the first fight. And that's exactly what began happening. I think Floyd could have knocked him out earlier. But, again, Connor is more experienced in the clinch than Floyd is because, you know what I'm saying, he fights MMA. So, of course, the underhooks in, in which he was doing, you know what I'm saying, which was like kind of like, okay, Floyd couldn't get him out of it earlier. But mark those words, man. You will see pictures with Conor McGregor and Floyd from last night at Floyd Strip Club, and I guarantee you Conor will rival the UFC because his contract is almost up in the UFC, and I bet he doesn't resign unless he gets like a fucking half of the fucking company, which is not going to happen. Just mark those words. I said it first. Oh, yeah. Daniel there White, it is. Read that shit. Wise words from a wise man. Hey, you know, uh, Conor McGregor, he definitely was a sell in this fight, but you mentioned after the fight, if they were partying together, there was a, a final press that they had for the wrap-up of the event. And Floyd and Conor looked like best friends yesterday, hugging, shaking hands giving a lot of dad to each other. Complete night and day from the whole build-up to this fight, especially at the weigh-in that we've seen Friday. You know, uh, shit, it was, uh, it was crazy, man. But, um, you know, uh, Janelle, stay on the line, my man, because we're going to cover the Javante Davis fight quickly, and um, we're going to talk about the Kodo Kamagai fight that went down yesterday, which was a, a, a complete shutout and uh, a legendary performance by my man, Miguel Cotto. But we got some more calls on the line. So uh, let, let's check these guys out and see what they got to say, because this is one of those fights where we just got to get everybody's take on it. And the, the circus was here. So let's talk about how everybody felt about the elephants, lions, and clowns. All right. Oh, 707. 707, you're on the outside of the box. What's popping? Oh, hey, what's going on, man? It's Juan Carlos. Juan Yo, Carlos, what's JC. up, man? Hey, looking pretty good, man. Looking at fucking hoping you all right out there in Houston with all that flood going on, man. Oh, uh, yeah, we're lo- we're looking good. So far, so good, man. So far, so good. Thanks for asking. Much yeah, respect. man. Well, I'm I'm actually rewatching the fight right now because uh, I started listening. I started rewatching this fight, and it's um. I think it it was pretty much how everyone that knew anything about fighting or boxing thought it was going to happen was uh, Floyd just, even though he was old, he's small, and he's just like, uh, he's been retired forever. He came out and he did what he had to do. What's it called? Uh, McGregor. I was looking at the punches that they counted that he landed, and his punches were like slaps. They had nothing on them, and they counted a bunch of punches. So they're saying that he landed more than Pacquiao. And what he landed, they were just horrible punches. And I didn't see a single punch where he actually 
hurt uh, Floyd. There was one punch he landed. He landed one, I think, clean punch, which was an uppercut in the first round, and it didn't even seem to phase Floyd at all. The the whole thing was just uh, – it lasted longer than I thought it was going to last because I, I thought it was going to be between six and eight rounds. He was going to do uh, – let McGregor punch for a while, and then he was going to just take him apart, which he ended up doing. It just took a little bit longer. And I think half that is just like he, him carrying him. He carried him for that fight just to make it longer and make it more, more to be talked about. But the fight, the fight, what everyone thought was going to happen, happened. So that, that was the main thing I took from it. From what I want to see next is the main thing I want to see is I want to see McGregor show up to the Canelo Triple G fight and see him uh, just become a character in boxing. So he'll show up to boxing vates and see if he, if he could uh, sneak his way into another big fight. That would be probably the most interesting thing I want to see. And also, like Janelle said, Janelle was talking about uh, him having his own company in UFC. I could definitely see that happening, too, because that's, that would be a lot better than him going to the UFC and making pennies on the dollar while Dana White and then the owners make all that money. Yeah. Remember, you heard that here first on uh, Outside This Boxing Podcast. Yeah, most definitely, because uh, the way that you – I like the UFC. I like MMA, and I like the UFC. I, I don't like how they pay their people, and I don't like how that system is set up. But uh, it would be interesting to see some more rivalry on that on that side of the fight house, which which would be a, a lot of excitement, especially with Connor at the head. Most definitely. Well, you know what? What I saw, man, last night. I'm, not, I'm gonna keep it real. I, I, uh, I, I hinted at it afterwards, but Conor, Conor McGregor might be done, man. He might lose this next fight uh, and be and just be washed. The way he was acting, you know, after he got beat, like he was hurt, man. I think he understood that he got walked through by a 40 year old man and embarrassed. You know, no matter he got rich, but the way he was like questioning himself, he was questioning. Like, he didn't understand why he would always get so tired in this round, you know, from a guy that was all about himself and all about he's the man and all that. For him to start questioning himself like he was doing after that, I think it's over for this dude. I think he's about to get beat this next fight, and it's about to be a wrap. And all this, he might be able to pull. He might still be able to pull off, pull off what y'all are talking about. But as far as his popularity and his, and his lure and his uh, this mystique that he has, it's going to be gone after this next fight, man. You heard it. You heard it from me first. This guy, I don't think he's ever going to be the same. He was embarrassed last night by a 40-year-old man that walked him down, that had him running around. You know that he's talking all that shit about. I know he got the money, but he's uh, he's a real dude, and he's about his, and he's about uh, being able to talk shit, and he can't. And he's been exposed, and, and he questions himself. I think it's over for him, man. Yeah, I, I could I could definitely see that because look look how he was acting when he got, like, shorter money in the UFC, when he got uh, big UFC paydays. He was acting out, like, out of his mind. He has all this money and this and that. Now that he has this big-time payday, what's that going to do to his desire? You know, what's he, what, is he going to go in there and kill himself in the UFC? for pennies compared to what he already made and he knows he can make. So that's one of those things where you see if a, a fighter's desire 
is still going to be there after he has all the money he needs. Well, I, I mean, that, he man. said that he said, you know, the Jim Gray. Jim Gray's always annoying as fuck, but at the same time, I like Jim Gray because he he's not one of those guys who's going to just be asking uh, the bullshit questions that everybody else does. He asks the questions that some people don't want to hear sometimes. And he did ask Connor, would you be willing to go back to UFC after as much money as he made? And he said, yeah. Like, uh, you know, um, everybody, when it's the heat of the moment, you kind of just go off the, you shoot from the hip or whatever. But, um, you know, like Juan Carlos said, he's a fan of, U- of UFC and MMA. Like, I'm not mad at it. You know, I, for me personally, I've paid and watched Connor's last uh, ever since the Chad Mendes fight because he's from my where I'm at right now in Hanford, California. He's from this area. I went to school with his brother and all that, and uh, we're still cool peoples and all that. So ever since that fight, I was watching Connor's fights, paying for his fights. The whole Diaz thing that they got going on was, you know, that was dope as fuck. You know, no no shade or no biasness for being a boxing podcast, whatever. Like, that was a dope fight. The first two fights were dope, but I just figured Connor would gas out the way he ran and gassed out against Diaz. But, yeah, I mean, you're completely right, JC. Yeah, yo, does this man want to go back and make pennies? Because I don't see it happening. Dana White, like, what, it, uh, Brock Lesnar holds uh, Brock Lesnar and Connor, I think, are tied for like the highest paydays in UFC history, being two point five million. Like, that's a joke for as much money as those guys are making over there. Like, I don't know if it goes down or not, but hey, I'm down with the whole idea of Connor showing up and uh, showing his ticket front row, being a character in boxing. Because hey, man, he just went ten rounds with Floyd Mayweather. Bottom line, take it how you will. But Connor McGregor. Um, he uh, exceeded expectations, so to speak, because, like I said, I thought it was going out four or six. And, um, uh, you know, he did better than expected from my standpoint, but it was a lot of sloppy bullshit. Like you said, there was no there was no punches that really hurt Floyd or nothing, a lot of slaps and all that bullshit. So, um, I mean, I'm not really worried about anything that the punch stats say, because at the end of the day, you never, like, true boxing fans know this. At the end of the day, you never look at punch stats and copy box numbers because you know what it is when you're watching it because there could be a lot of foolery going on. This is boxing, man, business of snakes. So the, the, the copy box numbers that they were talking about with Connor landing 110 punches to Manny Pacquiao's 81, Janelle hit it right on the – hit the nail right with the hammer talking about Floyd being cautious with Manny punches and definitely was not cautious with Connor punches. You've seen Floyd smiling like he was taking school pictures during that fight yesterday. And there, there, I, there was no worries. He was not worried at all. So um, where Connor goes from here, who knows? I don't think he fights again. Um, but he seems to be like he's a man of his word. And maybe he will go back to UFC. If he does, it's complete foolery because, yeah, UFC, the best fight, the best, like they say. But at the same time, you got guys who fight and have uh, short careers. You know what I mean? So, uh, hey, it is what it is. But we got one more caller we want to check out. So, uh, Willa, who we got, man? Let's see what's good. Let's see. We got another uh, 518. You're on the outside of this boxing podcast. What's up? Yeah. Hello, hello. Well, 518, man. Where you yeah. at? Yeah. Well, they're gone. Yeah, it is what it is. Um. One thing that uh, we all got to uh, 
realized from this whole event that happened yesterday that the undercard could have been more stacked than it was. Uh, but dude, Jack really shined. He looked good from the first round. Uh, but one thing I know that's going to be a, I wouldn't say a dark cloud, but leaving a little bit of the controversy side of was the Gervonta Davis fight. Um, one of Floyd's prides and joys right now as far as up-and-comers with the TMT label coming off. But Gervonta uh, Davis, a guy I really I really like Tank. You know, he's uh, um, he's got hands. Bottom line, however you put it, he got hands. And um, he lost his IBF junior lightweight title because of the weight limit. And people knew that his last fight he had overseas, he had to make. He had to attempt weight making three times. He had to get butt ass naked for his last time making weight, and he barely made it. You're always gonna have the naysayers out there say, "Oh, he wasn't making weight because he don't. He, he want to let go of that belt because he don't want to fight Lomachenko, or whatever." Um, I just think Tank is a little bit too big for 130. So um, 135 is definitely an option. When you're a short guy like that, you just got to take all things into consideration. But yesterday he came out, and, um, man, he put it on, old boy, especially Conor McGregor want to do the hands behind your back. Well, Javante Davis showed you how to do that and land a clean uppercut following up. Quick hands. I mean, dude looks good, but he has his flaws, no doubt. But the way the fight ended, leaving a – bad taste in people's mouth because not only did he hit him in the back of the head, but I've mentioned on the old show about things that Gravante Davis does whenever he beats an opponent doing a get low dance right in front of somebody. And yesterday he mirror imaged what my man was doing on the ground. And a lot of people just got really upset when they seen that yesterday, especially in the household I was at. It's just a, they, they, it's a, a, a strategy that I'm not mad at because you get people to eat. If you don't got nobody hating on you, you're doing something wrong. So what he did yesterday was put his hands on display. He didn't want to go the distance. I felt like he was a little bit out of shape, definitely. That's why he was throwing those huge blows because he did not want to go 12. And, um, Hey, man, he put on a goddamn show yesterday, and I wasn't mad at it, but the way that the fight ended, was it a a dirty finish to you, Willa? Like some people think. I, I Personally, me, hey, it is what it is. You got to um, – the referees weren't doing shit, no way. If Floyd's getting hit with hammer fists in the back of his fucking head, what's wrong with Gervonta Davis throwing a hook? landing in the back of somebody's head and being the fight stopped. Hey, I, you got to be fair. Let's be equal. You know what I'm saying? So if then, if they called some bullshit on uh, – if they – or excuse me, if they were to call a few points for McGregor's hammer fist, but they wouldn't call what happened at Gravante Davis ending, then that's where we got to talk about, well, where's the differentiated officiating in certain things like this. But it seemed like it was fair play by the official standpoint, from everything that was going on. Um, Davis really was bombing on this guy, and the way it ended, him shoving him down and all this, it was just kind of a, a odd ending. You, you when, when somebody gets knocked out, it's kind of weird for the crowd to be silent, and that's what it felt like yesterday. But for me, I felt like it was a, I wouldn't say clean knockout, but I felt like it was a 
solid stoppage for the reasons that no, de- it was officiating. Uh, no doubt. So uh, what do you think, Willa? Well, I I, uh, I believe exactly what uh, Davis was saying. He hit old boy with with the uh, with the I think a left to the gut. If you watch in slow motion, the guy gets hit in the gut. He sort of backs up a little bit, then he goes down, and he and he like sort of like he's falling, not falling down, but he's pushing his head towards Javante Davis. Javante's throwing the hook, and he hits him in the back of the head. The guy holds on to him all the way, like holds on to him for a couple of seconds, and he pushes him off me. Get off me. You're getting knocked down. Get your ass off me. I didn't see anything dirty with that. Old boy was getting worked, found a way out, and tried to take it, but the ref didn't give it to him. It was clean. There was nothing dirty about it. Old boy was getting his ass whooped, and he tried to find a way out. Um, but you know, it was nothing uh, malicious about the shot. Uh, Davis uh, looked good, but he's out of shape. And at 135, I don't think he's beating Garcia. I don't think he's beating Linares. I think he's too small for those guys. So he's better. He, you know, he said he was sick. You know, um, we haven't really. Well, I don't. I don't know. I haven't really personally been following him, but I haven't seen anything where he's where it would make me not believe him at this point in time. You know, he didn't want to use it as an excuse is what he said. The other guy brought it up. So, uh, you know, I'll take him for for their word that he was sick. Maybe that's why he was a little out of shape. So, but he, he did good work. Um, I thought he did an excellent job. I don't, um, I know uh, Eric the fan got on here and said that the uh, the undercards were under underwhelming, but I thought they were pretty good. We got to see People go to sleep. We got a little controversy. And, uh, you know, we got to see Badu Jack put in some good work against uh, old Cleverly. So um, I thought it was pretty good. There's no hate for me. To Davis, everybody was booing him. Uh, they just wanted to boo him anyway because he's Floyd's guy. And that was an anti-Floyd crowd, which all crowds are, you know. So he can't get mad at that. He, You know, you got to take that in stride, make weight next time because I don't think he really wants to see um, that 135 at this time. He's just a little too short. No, he definitely is. Like, a 135 is a question because, you know, 135, you got guys like, well, like, Gavante Davis definitely has talent, no doubt about it. When when the fight was on display yesterday, it's a level of talent was on display with a superior and a hard worker. But when you're talking about 135, man, you got some – you got some young killers in there, man. You know, you got Robert Easter, you got Felix Verdejo, you got Mikey Garcia, Linares. He said that he wants to get his title back at 130. So if he's going to try to make weight, I feel like if it really is the truth being told that uh, he was sick and there's a reason why, you know, it was what it was, I, re- I think he realized that he made a big mistake yesterday because it was a really big uh, national exposure type fight, and um, for the title not to be wrapped around him afterwards, was, uh, it, it looked like it bothered him afterwards. So I feel like he, you know he's a young guy. You don't want to make excuses for nobody. You never want to make excuses for nobody. But at the same time, you know you live and you learn. So uh, we'll see how he goes down. And um, I just really think that he should probably get uh, his nutri- nutritionist right. Um, 
take care of himself in between fights, and he could definitely make 130, like, when it comes down to it. I just don't think he was uh, taking it as serious as it should be. But, I mean, the man's got hands, and 130 seems like the perfect division for him right now because 135, uh, he might run into some problems. But, um, you know, especially when the whole, if anybody remembers the Adrian Broner and Javante Davis beef, that was going on. Robert Easter was uh, really quick to jump the gun on, yo, send little brother me because, you know, that's easy picking. Would it be? I don't know. But there's guys out there that are willing to jump in there with him right quick because of the name that he's got out there already uh, with the the TMT logo and uh, with the way Mayweather's promoting him as the next star. You know, you got a target on your back from some guys, and they really want to make money in the sport. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But, um, if we still got Janelle or ETF on the line, I want to see how they felt about the stoppage because it's definitely controversial. And how I always say in boxing, it's not boxing without a little bit of controversy. But you know my side on it, so I spoke my piece on it. But uh, do we still got those guys on the line, Willie? Uh, yeah, we got Janelle and Juan Carlos is still on, so we'll get with Janelle. Okay, so let's go to Janelle and then we'll check out Juan Carlos on it and see how they're feeling about it. Hey, what's going on? Um, this, I mean, uh, Javante uh, Davis talking about? Yes, sir. Yeah, the stoppage. The the the, uh, the stoppage of that fight, good sir. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't have a problem. With it, honestly, I'm, I'm people saying about how you should have got disqualified or whatever. I mean, I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with it at all. I think Davis didn't look good in that fight. I mean, everybody's entitled to have an off night. You know, I mean, it, it happens in boxing. I mean, you can't stop everybody. You can't be on this. I think he needs to stay at 130, though. I don't think he needs to move up and wait uh, at 130. And, I mean, the kid is still young. That's just, yeah, I, mean, I, say, I don't think he had a trouble making weight. I just don't think he didn't make too much of an effort on making weight, that he just wasn't dedicated to his camp. And and also, as they say, that he had a cold during camp. He had a cold, so, of course, he was going to take more fluids and stuff. So, you know what I mean? So, I think I had an issue with him not making weight, but I, but, um, but I had no problem with the stoppage. I, I mean, I had no problem with it. I mean, I think the fight was basically about. I mean, it was basically over. I don't think that guy. I mean, I don't think he was gonna um uh, come back and miraculously beat Davis. I, I I just didn't see it. No problems here. No, I saw that man. I was just like, you know, the way the stoppage ended is, hey, um, protect yourself at all times, and at the same time. When shit like that happens, you're in that situation for a reason, and you know um, it's a it's a it's a tough situation to try to critique because, um, you know, back of a headshots are really frowned upon in boxing. It's it's, it's definitely known about. Um, Andre Ward had a problem with Kovalev doing the same thing, but it was uh, rabbit punching. It was not a, a complete hook the way that. Gervonta Davis did, but as Willa mentioned, he was hit to the gut and he was hurt beforehand. And he was getting rocked with some good shots. So, I mean, was the end near? Probably. I believe so. But at the same time, like I said, if the referee is not calling that in the Mayweather fight and he's not calling that for the same fight beforehand, let's just keep the officiating consistent. So, and it was definitely consistent all night. So, um, hey, it is what it is. 
you know. Um, any other uh, final thoughts you want to get on that, Janelle, before we go to Juan Carlos and see how he feels about that ending? I mean, like I said, also, I don't think it was intentional either. Conor McGregor was very intentional. You know, I mean, he knew exactly, you know, I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing. I think with Davis, that he was swinging and and do actually simultaneously uh, uh, dropped his head. And you know what I'm saying? So, 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 so I don't think it was completely, I, mean, I don't think it was intentional at all. Uh, Conor McGregor was intentional. I was surprised that he wasn't even worn out once. That was surprising. But a yeah, terrible yeah, job David, by Robert Bird, right? Robert Bird, you fuck you. What a terrible job officiating. Yeah, I was surprised at that because I mean, I mean, this is a boxing match, this MMA guy, and, and they warned him that the rules would be enforced for boxing rules, and and the guy got away with a lot of MMA shit. You know, I mean, he got a lot, a lot of shit. I, I was surprised at that. But yeah, the Davis was not intentional. If you watch it again, I mean, he hit him, and and the dude was hurt, and then he was basically, you know, he was already wobbled, and and Davis kept swinging. He wasn't swinging for back of the head. I mean, the guy dropped his head, and then he was swinging, and, and, and then he swung and hit him in the back of the head. But, I mean, it wasn't intentional at all. And like I said, I think he was going to get him out of there eventually. Or, or probably not, but it was definitely a, a, a clean victory, clean, easy victory for him. But not intentional, so I, I have no problem with it. All right, all right. Well, Willa, let's uh, check out what Juan Carlos has to feel about that, and then we'll uh, cover the uh, Miguel Cotto camera guy fight that happened yesterday at the StubHub Center, which uh, I know one of the fam on the show, uh, Jacob from Long Beach, was out there on covering full on site. So we'll see how it goes. But let's, uh, let's, let's see what Juan Carlos has to say about this topic right here. Oh, yeah. Hey, so this guy, Francisco Fonseca, um, I was looking at his record uh, before the fight, and this was the first fight that he ever had scheduled to go 12. The most he ever had scheduled before was 10. Everything else was six and eight rounders and four rounders. So what it seemed like to me was that uh, Fonseca was just, he he was going into deep waters. He was tired. He didn't want it. And uh, he kind of sold it. Uh, To me, it looked like kind of a soccer flop where he just kind of b-hopped. When b-hopped, flopped around on the ground like that, that's what he liked to do. (laughs) So that's that's what it looked like to me. And also with this dude, Fonseca, um, he's Nicaraguan but he fights out of Costa Rica and he doesn't claim his Nicaraguan heritage. So that's probably why he did that. Cause he has, he doesn't have the heart of a Nicaraguan. He has a heart of a Costa Rican. And that's just my Nicaraguan bias that, that he actually did that because <laughs> he didn't want no more. He was over. Damn. I, I didn't like the Sakafish, but yeah, it was oh, over. For that it's been a lot of brown on brown hate on this episode, man. We're supposed to be coming together <laughs> for the hurricane, man. RC talk, talking down on Mexicans, you're talking down on Costa Ricans, man. Hey, can we all just get along? <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't. He doesn't represent. That's the thing. He doesn't represent his people. He, he sold out. He went yeah, to yeah, Costa trash. Rica, and and that's how they get down. So yeah, that 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 stoppage. It, I don't think it was that great. It doesn't look good for Davis. But it's kind of like the guy gave up. That's what it looked like to me. Now, he did look like he was uh, trying to take that. I mean, you know, he was uh, um, was on a full-on, you know, the only thing missing from that guy was a carpet behind or underneath him for him to look like he was praying away. But, I mean, it wasn't that devastating of a punch. It was obviously cocked back and hooked on. Um, it was what it was, but yo, I, I love, like, personally, I love the fucking 
the, the, the analysis of Juan Carlos bringing that up right there because that that's almost uh, – Willis talking about can we all get along with. That was like almost if you want to put a different race into it about U.K. brothers quitting because they ain't as hard as their – the, the American brothers that are over here. So I like that, man. I really do like that. That was something that needed to be said because he definitely, um, when it was, uh, when the count was going there, look, man, as soon as the referees count at seven, sure, you're fucking back at you, the back of the headshot, whatever, but you don't want to, I knew he wasn't getting up. There's no way he was getting up and he didn't, he had a whole lot to complain about, but at the same time, he wasn't mad at leaving the ring, checking out, punching out, clocking out, whatever you want to call it, from his his shift that he had scheduled for 12. He's looking for a way out. And if he is a sellout, then it even makes all the more sense. I call good victory by Gavante Davis. Hey, it is what it is. But, um, hey, yo, let's, uh, go ahead, Willow. What's up with it? No, no, I was just about to end that up. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I I think Javante Davis, he, you know, he he shouldn't keep his head too low. You know, the guy wanted to get out, and, you know, he didn't get to knock him out like he wanted to. And he also um, lost the belt due to, due to getting up, due, due to being too fat. So, you know, it, I think he'll be all right. Um, he just needs to stay at 130 and stay dedicated. He can be He can be the real deal. After a while, he's gonna to need to get his skills a little, uh, a little, a, a little better before he steps up to 135, being that short. So you know, uh, you know, he'll be all right. Him and Badu Jack did pretty good. TMT team TMT looked pretty good last night, and even the uh, other guy that beat up uh, Cunningham, even though he didn't get the knockout, but he looked pretty good. He looked beady. Um, yeah, the BD or something like that. Yeah, he looked pretty good. So. We'll see what he's talking about. Oh yeah, he's, yeah, he he washed out USS Cunningham, which is a really good man. Anybody on social media, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if you reach out to Steve USS Cunningham, he's definitely going to get back to. You. He's one of those guys who interacts with the fans and uh, all around a good guy. So uh, you know, respect to him, salute for the man and the service and all he's done. Um, but you know, he held that L like a man yesterday, so it is what it is. But um, one fight. We definitely got the cover on. It was a fight I wanted to go to yesterday. Out here, mm, about a three-hour drive, no problem with the way the traffic being all that. But um, I got family out there in Redondo Beach, out in Venice. And uh, a drive out to Inglewood ain't nothing much, man. I was there to watch Triple G fight Dwayne Wade. <laughs> so, uh I wanted to go there yesterday, man. I really did because I know Yushiro Kamagai is a guy who uh, is a fan-friendly type fighter, not only because of his come-forward style, but for his willingness to take punches and not be so much so affected to not take the same punches afterwards. But Miguel Cotto yesterday, man, went 12 rounds with a really tough customer. I spoke on how tough these Asian fighters are, man, these guys coming over from Japan are guys who they know the risks that they're taking when they come to fight in America. You got to show out and knock the dude out or you're going to hold that L my man. It's just a, it's just a track record. I'm not so sure what kind of senseis they got over there for as far as who's the best boxer they want to be like. 
not saying some racist shit like they want to be all Bruce Lee and all that, but hey, it, it's different waters over here, man. And you know, Yushiro Kama guy got that work yesterday from Miguel Cotto. Miguel Cotto set records yesterday for his punch numbers, which I said that you can't really trust when uh, you look at the copy box numbers and all that. But at the same time, the proof is in the pudding. Miguel Cotto beat the shit out this man yesterday. He really did. Um, tagged him up really good, throwing good combinations. It makes me wonder why Miguel Cotto would call it quits in December. 34 years old. Got a beautiful wife with big-ass titties. Man, Miguel Cotto could keep it going because not only when Miguel Cotto leaves the sport, but so does Melissa Cotto leaving the sport. That's a nice side piece to or not side piece, but that's a nice side attraction of the ring that we get to see in between rounds. I'm going to miss that. I'll definitely miss that. But it looks like Miguel Cotto got a, in my opinion, I gave camera guy zero rounds. He got the dog shit beat out of him. But definitely tip my hat to the man. Tough competitor, all that. But Miguel Cotto yesterday at the StubHub Center looked like a million bucks. I mean, especially coming off a 21-month layoff to do a 12-0 shutout looking amazing. Miguel Cotto, one of the guys in boxing who faced all competition at their prime, tough competition. Yeah, he's held his L's. It is what it is. But at the same time, He's made a lot of work from what he's done, and no one can deny the fact of the Hall of Fame career that Miguel Cotto has put together. And yesterday, for those in attendance, got to see a man who was surgically putting punches together against the sushi-eating <laughs> joke of an opponent who I thought was going to get knocked out. So... Much respect to the man for holding his own. This was not Soto Carras, camera guy. This was the Puerto Rican legend, Miguel Cotto, who put that work on him. Willa, you mentioned going home at a certain time to catch the end of the Davis fight and the Mayweather fight. Did you happen to tune in to HBO, which you didn't have to pay $100 for, but did you happen to check into that fight yesterday, and how did you feel? I want to hear your comments on the the Kodo Kamagai wrap up because Kodo put that work on him. It was it was it was nothing close, but there was definitely something to watch. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna hate on Kodo. You know, um, he looked all right against uh, punching bag. You know, um, he did what he was supposed to do. He's trying to get a big fight. He uh, gave us a fan friendly, uh, a fan friendly affair. Um, I caught it after the fight, just caught the uh, caught it on YouTube uh, right after. And when you catch the fight right after on YouTube, it does sting a, a little bit when you're like, damn, I get the Floyd fight. I could have watched it like two minutes later after on YouTube. That did sting a little bit, but I did catch the Kodo fight. Uh, and Kodo, he's trying to make, he's trying to get that one last, uh, one last hurrah. Like you said, he's trying to be out of here in December, right? This is so he's got one more, correct? Or was it? Yes, sir. He said that. I mean, he said there's one more coming down. He, um, they they questioned him at the end. Max Kellerman's like, "This it or you want one more?" And Coda's like, "What do you think?" 
I mean, the way he looked, he's got one more in December, and this is the the this is the Miguel Cotto going away tour, similar to Kobe Bryant's farewell tour that he had in the NBA. So people need to stand up and respect this man, and and thank him for everything he's given in the sport of boxing, taking taking a knockout like uh, to a juiced up Manny Pacquiao and such. But uh, also the same guy who gave Floyd Mayweather his bloodiest nose. So hey, Miguel Cotto is one guy. That is, we hope to get more guys like that coming into sport. People want to talk a lot of trash about him wearing pink and all that. But if you were with Melissa Cotto and she told you to wear pink, would you? Uh, Nigga, you gay. I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know about that. Hey, you just take a good look at Melissa Cotto and tell me you tell her no to something like that. Did you see her ringside, Willa? Yeah, hey, she... She was looking all right, you know. She with at her best, she's a good. She's like a B minus, you know, something that's tittable, you know. At her best, I wouldn't be too proud. At her best, you know, at, like in real life, at her best, she's a B minus. Like you know, in the Photoshop picture, she can get up to a B plus maybe. But in real life, when you see her, that was she looked all right. I would hit. I would B for sure. But that was, that's about it, you know. So. <laughs> Cotto's out here. Like I said, much respect to him. It's almost over for him. I want to see him get his last get good fight, and then we'll play that boys to men for him. Um, uh, you're right. He's done a lot for boxing. He, he he took that knee. You know, he took that beating, that gruesome, gruesome beating uh, from Margarito. Uh, he he got the, he gave Floyd one of his toughest fights. You know, gave got worked by Manny. You know, it's uh, he had a great career and he looked good last night. But let's not let's not uh, take it too far. That was just a walking punching bag who was who's been washed up for a little bit. Um, so you know, let's see who he fights next. He might fight Manny again. They both need to be out of here. Maybe it's uh, a, a retirement match him against Manny in December, but something's got to give. Uh, well, no, Manny's fighting Horn, so that's not happening. He's going he's gonna to try to get one last fight, maybe Canelo again. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do, but uh, we'll see. Much respect to Cotto. Oh, yeah, yeah. And let me just mention something real quick. If they were to do that fight with Manny and Cotto, Manny would get his ass beat by Miguel Cotto right now. You ain't got them special shakes no more, little guy. And Miguel Cotto still looking like a million bucks while you just lost to a school teacher on ESPN. A substitute school teacher at that is what it is. Um, do we still got Janelle on the line? Let's see if he's uh, um, I want to see if he watched this fight and what his thoughts are. Let's uh, or let's go to some callers and see what's good if he ain't there. Yeah, Janelle isn't there, but we got a caller. Six four six. You're on the outside of hey, what's up? podcast. What's up? Hey, that's me. I'm on my cell phone. I'm driving right now. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. How many phones you got, man? Oh, that was my house phone I called from before. That was my house phone. I'm on my cell phone oh, now. Okay, I'm okay. on the road. But, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm told what we supposed to do last night, you know, against the Asian guy. He did what we supposed to do. I mean, I, I, I would like to see Coda go out with a bang. Um, I'd like to see Coda go out with a good, Hey, a good money fight. I mean, he says he wants to win up a uh, Triple G Canelo. Um, I mean, will he beat Evor? I don't think so. 
I think Hattie was up in the right size, on the same size as Cano. I think he would have won that fight. It's just the fact that he knows that was the Oh, come oh, on, what? man. Oh, come on with that, Willa. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I don't see him beating even one of those guys at this point in his career. I mean, I, mean so I would like to see, I mean, one good fight I'd like to see is, is, is him and Kel Brook at 154. I think that would be an intriguing fight. I mean, Kel Brook is damn as good as Cotto. not the same fighter he once was. I mean, oh, yeah. is, that a good, is that a good way for Kel Brook to repair his career? Who knows? But um, I don't think he can repair his career. I think uh, psychologically he's actually done. Uh, of not Kel Brook and American. Uh, both guys are a good payday for Cotto. I don't think Cotto mind traveling to the U.K., so it will be a good sellout fight um, over in the United Kingdom. He was a good payday for, for my 154. Office one to go 147, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it was a good payday. But I don't think he should uh, uh, fight any other top guns like Thurman or Spence or those guys. Although right now Spence is looking for an opponent right now because I mean, I mean, cause he's waiting for Thurman, and a lot of guys don't want to fight him. So Spence is not looking for an opponent. He was just on. Uh, he was talking about the other day that uh, everybody, otherwise not answering his calls or whatever. I mean, so I mean, I mean, hey, I mean, I think Connor Brook is a fighter like Cole to go out with, you know, and then call it quits. And both guys should be well rested from their last fight, so. I would like to see that from Cotto. Yeah, that's a good one, man. That's a good one, man. Um, I'm not mad at that. I would actually like to see Kel Brook and Cotto get it on. Like, if you were to take away the damaged goods from Kel Brook, and if you were to take away two years from Miguel Cotto, that's a good fucking fight, man. You know, no matter how you look at it, regardless. And um, Amir Khan, we know that, they have two things in common, Amir Khan and Miguel Cotto, that they got the balls to step in the ring with guys that they probably shouldn't step in the ring with. So that that's another also good one on top of. Um, no doubt, no doubt. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see where Miguel Cotto goes from here. Uh, December date, who knows where it's going to be. I probably guess it's going to be at Madison Square Garden. Makes the most sense to me uh, if you want to finish off in front of the people and and give the fans what they want to see. You know, Miguel Cotto yesterday, his performance should have been a knockout, but hats off to Yoroshio Kamagai. He is a tough fucking customer. This is not breaking news in boxing. This guy has taken so many shots and um, continues to move forward. He's a, a tough fucking customer, and you got to give hats off to guys like that because taking the combination punches that he was taking, a lot of people want to say that those shots that he was taking were being rolled off with, but at the same time, there were a lot of clean punches. Miguel Cotto's power numbers were ridiculous yesterday, and it was not just by numbers. You could see that shit when you were watching the fight. He was uh, in there with a punching bag, no doubt, but that punching bag was stiff as shit. Yeah, you know, uh, so uh, definitely a lot of respect to Kamagai for enduring the punishment that he did. And uh, we'll see what Cotto does next, man. I really do like the idea of him fighting a guy like Kel Brook and uh, doing something big. Something big for the last fight. No doubt. No way Miguel Cotto cherry picks his last opponent. No way he does that the way his career has been built up. He said he, said he wants to win no a Triple G Canelo. Who knows how that goes down, man. I mean, who's that going to be, though? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, he doesn't want that work. He, he doesn't want that work from Canelo, man. Like, he's not going to take that fight. He might be. He's just talking. He's going to cherry pick. 
he's going to do it in Madison, uh, Madison Square Garden. Hopefully, he could probably get a Miracon over there. He's not fighting anybody tough. <laughs> it's over for him, man. Yeah, he, he might have done that too much his whole career, so you might be right there, Will. It is what it is. But definitely got to give respect to the man and, and his mannerism that he's had his entire career. He's been – his whole career was fighting A-level fighters. That's why when it came to guys like Maravilla – he was like, yo, I'm the A-side. Who have you fought compared to who have I fought? Like, you know, and he, he gave him that work. Three knockdowns in the first round and took that strap and held that title for a very long time, which people like Suge Green would call being held hostage of or whatever. I don't know what the fuck he was talking about over on that other show, but Miguel Cotto, a guy who is definitely an attraction in boxing, you know, if you look at the numbers, you would say in the last decade, would be Floyd Mayweather, one, Manny Pacquiao, two, Canelo Alvarez, three, and then you got Miguel Cotto right there. So, um, you know, it, it helps when you got Melissa Cotto looking amazing as she does on the side every time. But, hey, uh, Miguel Cotto's career will be missed, and I don't think he will cherry pick like my man Willard does, but we'll see how it goes down. And if he gets in the ring with either or, Kel Brooks, or Amir Khan, I think he beat the shit out of both of them. If the, if if the, if Janelle's prophecy comes true, Willa, who do you think would win between those two fights? Would it be would it be Broken Eye, Kel Brook, or would it be Glass Jaw Amir Khan to to finish Cotto off on a bad way, the way similar of a nightmare ending that Bernard Hopkins had against Joe Smith Jr. <laughs> No, I see. I think uh, Amir Khan probably works old Kodo. Uh, I think Kodo can probably break um, uh, Kel Brook, the UK brother, the used trash. But as far as Amir Khan, I don't see him <laughs> sleeping Amir Khan. So he just get outboxed for 12 rounds. That would be embarrassing. But he might do that. They'll get him paid at least, you know. I don't see Kodo might not win his last fight, but he's going to get paid. And he deserves that. That's what's up. That's what's up. I, you know, I think he, I think he puts, I think he puts Amir Khan on the ground the same way Danny Garcia did. But that's a story for another day. But um, speaking of another day, we will be coming to you on another day here at the Outsiders of Boxing podcast. We wanted to break down everything that happened on this glorious weekend. We got some things coming up in the future we could talk about, things I complained about, such as Lomachenko running from Rigondeaux that we'll cover next week and things of that nature. Pacquiao Horn getting announced part two again in Australia. We'll get to that. Uh, we just uh, are, are uh, marinating everything coming up forward. We had to cover the circus that was going on this weekend. And, um, you know, uh, like I said before, prayers and all that to everybody out there getting their shit together from this natural disaster. I'm glad my man Will is okay and everything's all good. I'm glad he's got his rain boots and the, the Jordans in the attic because you got to take care of the properties. So uh, um, any final thoughts from you, Will, before we wrap this whole thing up? Oh, no. No, I'll just say that uh, the McGregor, uh, the Mayweather-McGregor fight was uh, very entertaining it lived up to the hype for me. Uh, I had a good time. I enjoyed watching it. So, uh, you know, uh, thumbs up. My hat's off to both gentlemen, to Mayweather Productions, and to the um, the superior um, 
boxing genius Al Heyman for putting it all together. 100%, 100%. A lot of people shitting on the fight, but it was a, a good event of the best guys in both combat sports competing with each other to actually compete with each other. I agree with you with that. I, I echo your sentiments on that, my man. But to everybody else out there, rocking with us, we appreciate it. Can't thank you guys enough. A lot of guys on the fan page still showing us love. You know, we're doing this for you guys, man. The other ship sank, but we got life vests and lifeboats where we took off and, and built our own ship, which is going right now. Nino and Patty, nobody's listening to that bullshit you dropped on Hotbox, Dropbox. <laughs> Cut that shit out. Cut that shit out, man. You guys can't be trying to trying to get on us right now, man. This is a this is the A side now, and you guys are on some. <laughs> You guys are some SoundCloud rappers, man. Cut that shit out. But anyways, they're welcome to join the squad as soon as we figure out the logistics of it all. But we want to just thank everybody for joining us, man. We're going to continue to be here. This is the Outsiders of Boxing Podcast. We will be back to you sooner rather than later. You can bet on that. Speaking for my man, Willard the King, everybody out in Houston, Texas, shout out prayers for the great state of Texas. We'll be back next week. Good talking to y'all, man. The Outsiders of Boxing Podcast. We are out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.